0: And welcome to SMPD, the podcast where we look back at the shows that shaped our childhood. I am Chris Bolton. With me, as always, my partner in podcasting, Mr. Mark Williams.
1: Hello.
0: And if you don't know what we're doing this week by that theme tune, then you're... Well, actually, no, I guess that's unfair, because I guess if you're not in Britain, that theme tune probably means nothing to you. Not Uh, only
1: that, there were three different versions, so it depends which one you played.
0: Now, yeah, we're going to talk about this a lot, because I know two of the versions. I don't know the third one, then. I only know
1: one. I can only think of one.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know
1: we're to hear it, but
0: I could only remember one. Um, but then the second I heard what would be out, I guess yours would be the same as mine, what would have been our Grange Hill theme from the 90s. Yeah. yeah anyway we'll talk about that when we get into it first and foremost uh this was sent in by a listener um this was sent in by a long-time listener in fact by thomas Meehan at t19m96 on twitter um thomas sent us a huge list of shows to look at we will get around to pretty much most all of them. of them i think thomas yeah definitely most of them um but we're looking at maybe getting some guest hosting for some of them because to be fair Some of those shows we have no idea on and we want to do them justice. (laughs) So we will get around to them. But Grange Hill um, was one that I think we had been kicking around anyway. It wasn't on our list for some reason, but should have been. Um, So thanks for sending it in. Um, I did ask Thomas to give us just a few thoughts on Grange Hill. And uh, he said he found the show a while back via Wikipedia while he was searching for some of his old childhood shows. He read what he was about and got interested in the show and also TV production. So then he started to buy the DVD sets, the first ten series. Uh, and he says his favourite character is Tucker Jenkins, who is the only memorable one in his opinion. Uh, and it's interesting he says that because actually, when you like, I can picture a few characters from Grange Hill mm. and from the run that that we would have known. Yeah. But actually, if you say Grange Hill to anybody, the first thing people say is "Oh Tucker," you yeah. get Tucker you get Zamo yeah. and you get Roland That's, that's yeah. all you get for people in it. <laughs> like yeah. um, it, that, that's all you get. Um, so <clears throat> yeah, I, I think he's right. And, and actually in watching um, I I've sort of cherry picked for this. Cause I mean, we're talking a show that had a 30 year run. Yeah. So there's no way we could even scratch the surface uh, by rewatching it over the course of a couple of weeks. So I've kind of cherry picked episodes and actually like those early ones with Tucker, like the. There is definitely uh, a standout. Like, it feels like it's Tucker's show then in in those early ones. It feels like it's the lead. Whereas later on, it became much more of an ensemble show, much more of a soap opera. Um, And so I think it's understandable. So, yeah, I I sort of agree, Thomas. I think you're right. Uh, Tucker's definitely the most memorable character there. Um, But yeah, well, let's dive into it then. Like, you've brought it up already, the theme tune. Like, I don't know what theme I'm going to put at the top (laughs) of this podcast yet. I suspect I will use the original because that's what everybody knows. I mean, that, that's yeah. got to be one of the most famous TV themes in, in history, certainly in Britain, right? That's Everybody yeah. knows that original Grange Hill theme. So I guess I'm going to use that. And maybe I'll use the 90s theme to close because, again... When, when I knew we were doing Grange Hill, I didn't think of that 90s theme. I, I originally thought of the Grange Hill theme, as we know it, that original 1970s, 1980s theme with that slap bass, you know, and bang, you know, it sounds like it's about a Cockney school, that theme, doesn't it? It sounds yeah. like all it needs is fucking Chaz and Dave over the top, right? So that was the one I thought of. And then when I started re-watching, as I say, I cherry-picked. And once I got to the 90s episodes, the second I heard that theme tune, I Honestly, I got hit with a wave of nostalgia like I don't think I've had from anything else on this podcast. It was almost fucking Pavlovian. And look, I was not the biggest, like, I was not a big Grange Hill fan. I watched it because we all watched it. It was on all the fucking time, right? So we all watched Grange Hill. But that was just like straight away take me back to being like 13 years old at tea time. Grange Hill is going to finish. Neighbours is going to start. Like, I was just there, just sat at the, Fucking dining table. Mm. I I can't remember that. I think maybe Jace I talked about did that with a theme as well. But yeah, it was even more of a hit for me with this one because I fucking completely forgot that theme ever existed. Like it was it got and the second I heard it, I knew every fucking bar. Um so I suspect what I'm gonna do is put that at the end of the show and we'll have the original opening um at the start of the show. But what was the third one then? Because I know I I
1: don't know, it changed um. So when it came back for its last season, two thousand seven, two thousand eight, there was another version, um, which I saw earlier on, and I can't remember what it was called. Right, well,
0: uh, I'll, I'll I'll look into that after the show, just because I'm curious to hear it. Because, like, I've got to be fair, between the two, I honestly don't know which one is better. Because they're both no, great. They yeah. are really fucking good. Like that nineties one is is really fucking catchy. That's a proper earworm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean the credits were definitely better back in the seventies and eighties. With a kind of comic strip, and yeah. like again, straight away when when Thomas mentioned Grange Hill, I could see the fork going into the sausage straight yeah. away, like from the opening credits. Like yeah. that's just, just something I knew.
1: Yeah, like just looking at it now, the titles changed again in two thousand um, and four, and to start of a video game, and then they changed the um, they, they changed the. the the, the theme uh, for the last season in 2007. So, yeah, there's quite it's, it's quite a lot of changes out there. So they, they, they changed the um, the titles quite often.
0: I, I'd long finished watching it by then. I mean, my oh, right, yeah. the show was probably, I guess, 92, 93. I'm, I'm taking a stab in the dark based on what my age would have been. Probably up to about 96, 97 would have been my four, five-year span of the show, I guess. Yeah. No, um, I,
1: mean, I, I thought mine was kind of... I just thought mine was sort of 96, 97, maybe 98. But then I'm reading about... There's one storyline in particular I remember. I don't know why the fuck I remember it. Um, but this particular story didn't happen until 99. So I must have caught. I must have been sort of carrying on with it after that point. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's bizarre. And I think it's one of those that... I don't know about you. I, there are certain storylines I remember. There, there are characters I remember. Yeah. Um, but there are certain, no, certain storylines. So even, like, even now, if I haven't watched the show in 20-plus years... And I can still remember quite vividly the storyline, but also certain some, you know, some particular scenes and some particular shots as well, um, just because you know, they're, they're sort of ingrained in there. Um, yeah. So it's it's quite it's quite bizarre, and I think it's it's one of those shows because it has such a long run. You just you know it's 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 like with anything, you'll have your version of something, and you know your particular time period of it. And I think ours sort of slightly overlap the end of yours and the beginning of mine. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's 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 quite bizarre. In this. I I. Didn't have chance to um, to go back and watch any, so I've done quite a bit of reading today. Um, but yeah, i going through some of the sort of thing. Oh, I remember that one. I remember that one. Oh, don't. Oh yeah, yeah, I do know that one. And just so sort of trying to pull things out and trying to you know, once you once you think of particular characters, then you can start remembering some of the storylines.
0: Yeah, um, I I I don't remember. I, at least I don't think that I remember any specific storylines other than I remember like there was always obviously everybody knows about fucking Zamo and heroin, oh, yeah. like which which I could. Like again, bizarrely, I remember the first time it started rerunning, and I I was watching it the reruns as well then, which had yeah, the weird... rerun
1: the fuck on UK Gold.
0: Yeah, but I mean, it, it reran on CBBC as well. They started yeah. showing the old Grange Hill. They did um, on the weekends, didn't they? Yes, and and I I remember watching the old ones as well, um, which which was a fucking trip because really, like, what did it start? 1979, 1980, so, I think? There you go, 78, okay. So, really, by the time... I mean, I, it's only 10 years into the run, more or less, by the time I'm i am first able to really start watching Grange Hill. Um, but as a kid, I remember watching those old ones and just thinking, fucking hell, this is old. Yeah. Like... I, I guess technology had just come on so much in the intervening kind of 10, 11 years. And of course, I was watching the 90s version with the updated credits and everything was a little bit more fucking street and they had that yeah. weird, like it was all fucking computer graphics and it made, they made everything look like CCTV cameras for some reason. Didn't they? You could you could never work out whether you're watching fucking Grange Hill or Crime Watch. I don't know why they... Yeah, I don't know what was up with those opening credits. Um, but it, it had that kind of, a kind of grainy look to it, whereas the, the early one was like I think maybe as well, it was that, like, I don't know about, about your school, but certainly in my school, we had an old school and a new school, up school and lower school then. Yeah. All right. And and I remember that. I actually, I say I don't remember storylines, but every now and again, like, things just pop into my head. And I remember that happening in those older episodes of Grange Hill as well. I remember there being a point where all of a sudden they split it and they had an upper school and a lower school because they, yeah. they, the they merged the schools. Yeah, I so I can remember that, right? I, I didn't watch that first time out, but I can remember from the reruns. Um, and... I always thought, like, watching those older sort of 1970s, 1980s ones, like, the older school, or the upper school, as we call it in my school, like, didn't change from, clearly, from, like, 1970-something, when my uncle would have gone there, yeah. to, like, 1990-odd when I was in there. Like, nothing changed. Same flooring, same desk, same fucking graffiti on the wall, same yeah. horrible radiators, same fucking asbestos pipework running all the way through this probably condemning me to death, yeah. right? that's what that old one looked like. Yeah. So I was still able to kind of relate to it, but from the stance of, fuck me, that looks like the old school. It's minging. Yeah. So it's really, really odd.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the secondary school I went to, um, they had an upper and a lower school, but they by the time I got there, they, they, it wasn't a case of the younger ones went to the lower school and the older ones went to the absolutely. They, They kind of, I think they sold off half the site to the council for a, for a library space. So then everybody was in the... Um, in the main school, in the upper school, and the lower was just used for, um, they had um, workshops, so they did study um, technology and stuff like that there. Um, but yeah, and, and the same thing that those, some of the classrooms um, in, in the upper school, like the, chem- the, the chemistry lab and the physics lab in particular they hadn't been out done out since the fifties. They had these long fucking wooden benches. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, or no, and no fucking gas taps you were know, drilled into a machine. Built like in
0: gas taps, and yeah. I
1: remember my, my dad, my parents went to a parents evening. It was one of the few, my dad actually went to, because normally he was working. So my mum used to go. And uh, no, that was, that was her department. And he, he went into, um, he went into the chemistry lab to see the chemistry. She said, fuck it. hasn't changed. And he was the same fucking teacher as well. <laughs> he, he was, he was pushing retirement. Um, he, and, he and the history teacher, they'd started the same year. They spent their entire careers at school and they were both trying at the same time. Um, And I remember my dad went to the parents he was like, fuck me, are they still there? Because the, the buildings hadn't changed and neither the staff. No, I,
0: I, and that's that's actually something that runs through this show, isn't it? And I've noticed that, like, watching it, watching it in a short space of time and picking episodes from different series to yeah. try and sort of get a broad overview of it, that's something I've noticed going through. Like, there are members of staff that have been promoted through the ranks as the show has gone on. Then yeah. classes was ob- would obviously age out as well, yeah. and new classes uh, would yeah. come in. I like it, that's just such a odd way to do things, but it yeah. works, and it, and I think that's a big part of what kept the show running for so long.
1: You yeah, know? I mean, there was always going to be a, view- a viewership cohort, wasn't there? So yeah, I, I'm starting in year seven or you know, year one or whatever you want to call it. I'm starting and they start at the same time, so I can relate to that and no. Um, it's it's something that I can grasp onto. So you will have that sort of five six years where you watch it mm. when you're go, no when you have your, your class if you will yeah and you'll get through and by the time you've, you know you get to fifteen sixteen seventeen you're off oh, kids I'll, I'll move on I'll, I'll move on and start and I'm drinking I'm drinking behind a spa at no, three o'clock in the afternoon um, you know it's, it's it's that sort of thing but you, you kind mm. of age out with them
0: but yeah, the, I the staff
1: stay the same and I remember my um that's my secondary school. Uh, they merged with two others about four years ago, and they, they were doing some introductory welcome videos. And there are three members of staff who started when I was there who were young, or who were new young teachers and are now in their mid 40s, early 50s yeah. and have not left.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. People just stay there. Um, I, I think that's something that is unique. To this, like because because there's obvious comparisons to be made, and I'm sure we'll make them as we go through the episode. Um, and, and in fact, it, they need to be made because it's a, a big factor, especially with the 90s show. When you compare this to the American um high school dramas that were on at the same time, you know, when you compare this to your save by the bells, even to elements of things like Power Rangers and Sabrina, where they were set in these high school environments. Um, and none of those really, I think, dealt like this from the same. Like, yes, with saved by the bell, you you stuck with a class, but they were kind of always in the same year group, weren't they? They yeah. just, like, for the run of the show, they would just be... That would be it. You would stick yeah, with that it was, class. It, and then... It's just
1: their senior year all the time, wasn't it? If yeah, you ran and then, for four years, they're four years being seniors, and they fucked off to college.
0: And then you went on to have, like, Saved by the Bell, the new class, but that was a new show. Yeah. Whereas with Grange Hill, it was always Grange Hill all the way through. So they were characters you could track. Like, like you know, I, I could speak to uh, a generation before me then, who would have watched it. And like you said, there'd be crossover because there's that couple of years between us, this crossover between me aging out and you coming in. Again, they'd yeah. be crossover. So you've got common ground to talk about this show for a generation before and a generation after. And actually, with the yeah. teachers, some of them stayed around, like Mrs. McCluskey, for instance, was pretty much there the whole fucking time. So it just stayed, you know, she stays around forever. Um yeah. so you could you've got these characters that you can talk about. Um, and, and then I think you're right. When you do age out, there's probably a certain percentage of the audience then that just graduate on to the other Phil Redmond shows that graduate on to fucking Hollyoaks. And from there on to Brookside, if, if you're so inclined personally, I wasn't fucking can't stand either of those. Um, but, but certainly Grange Hill, I remember watching. Now I, I can't say, I can't say I was ever a fan of it. And I can't say I, I or at least I didn't think I had any, particularly sort of fond memories or emotional attachments to it. But in watching the episodes from what I would consider my era, like whilst I might not remember the storylines that well, or the character names or the themes, or at least I thought I didn't again, like I I happened to randomly watch one of the ones from the early nineties where there's a a meteor about to hit earth and techno's on the computer, like working out what's going on with with it. I remembered it almost fucking scene for scene. I I've probably only seen it once. But for whatever reason, like obviously, we'd have watched it in school, and then everybody would have been talking about it the next day because everybody yeah. was fucking watching Grange Hill, whether and, and you liked true. it or not. You just did watch it.
1: Yeah, it, it was on, and there was only four channels at the time, so well, well that's one of them a big part we well. as well. That, yeah, yeah. So I mean, that, that's a that's a big part of it is that you no, know, there wasn't a great deal of choice. You had, and actually, there wasn't any other choice. because if, ki- if you were a kid, if you were a kid, children's ITV finished at ten past five. This started at ten past five before Neighbours. So there was no alternative. You had to fuck all else on four kids at this point, unless you had Sky or cable. Yeah, yeah. And if, if, um, if you and had Sky or cable, didn't at the same.
0: No, if you had Sky or cable, then you were ahead of the curve with things like Saved by the Bell and things like that, which wouldn't come to us until early mornings on Channel Four, like two years down the line in the summer holidays. Um, but but yeah, you're dead right. It would be your choice is basically like CIDV's finished, so you've either got whatever rubbish quiz show is currently running um you know i i say rubbish you know a lot of the time it was wheel of fortune which i quite liked um but it, it would either be that or yeah you flick over for grange hill and as we've discussed before most of the time uh, later in my in my childhood i was certainly cbbc rather than citv anyway early doors i was definitely citv but later on i was more CBC anyway so you just turn it on and you'd leave it there and that was particularly because like, it was on before Neighbours. It was yeah. all about how the, how the fuck that isn't on our list. I know it's not technically a kid's show, but it kind tell of you is. What,
1: when, I, haven't, I haven't watched Neighbours for years. I, did, I caught uh, maybe two or three episodes when I was living in Australia. Um, I was, I, What's I'd been that on nights like? What's
0: it like up, watching Neighbours in Australia? Fucking
1: weird. I bet. Um, I'd been on nights as well, so I was really not fucking with it. And I'd, I'd, I'd woken up. I'd been on nights. I would not got to bed till about nine o'clock in the morning. And I'd woken up like up was ten. I turned the TV on and they were they were showing a rerun of yesterday's before today's came on at lunchtime, and I was sitting there going, "He's still in it, didn't he die?" And all of a sudden, it all the was fucking flying back. It's, and for, for all intents, it looks like it's turned into fucking Days of Our Lives you know, where you can't die. Yeah, you no, know, every, everybody's, every, everybody's, had anybody's long lost brother, all this sort of shit. That's a like, fucking. Up. I haven't seen, I haven't seen the show in years, and then that, so that was 2012 2013 So I still haven't seen it for years. I can qualify it by saying that again. But every now and again, I'll be I'll be watching something on Channel Five. Um, they do occasionally have some interesting stuff on there, very occasionally. Um, and you'll see an advert for it again. How oh, are they still alive? But yeah. they're probably like 150 by now. Yep, yep, yep. So every Sorry. now and again, I do think we're chucking it on. But, um, we, should. but yeah, we should. I think we should. I think. I we think should. we can. Yeah. I think. I think
0: we can actually give it because it. It is like it was family viewing, I suppose. But it's yeah, like I think it, was, it's, it was kids. It was kids that watched it. Let's be honest. Yeah,
1: it was a kids' soap opera, really, wasn't it? I mean, kids were,
0: and board housewives. Yeah, those. If those, you, those you look at what was neighbors.
1: around comparatively soap wise, um, you had things like Crossroads and Emmerdale and EastEnders and Corrie. And like my parents, you know, they they watched all those. They'd never ever let us watch them as kids. No. Um, whereas, you no, know, Neighbours was on at lunchtime. So in school, all, school holidays, we'd see it at lunchtime, or we'd see it after school. So it was one of those. It just wasn't that fucking issue. Um, interestingly enough, I was just talked to Tori before we started, and she, and, uh, she asked what we were doing because um, she occasionally shows an interest in what we're actually talking about. And I said, "Oh, I, I love Great Show. I just I always remember watching it because it was like it was like the adult, like the, the grown up show on on CBBC. Uh, I can see I, I that. I completely see where she's coming from. Because yeah, you compare with anything else that was on, and even. When you got some sort of the stuff when this was out of season, so they had like of Grove and things like that. Even they, to start with, didn't have the same sort of pull, and it took so... a long time for them to get them to get going. And it was only when they went down the same way the Grange Hill went down, where they said, "Right, okay, we need issues, we need stuff that kids can actually relate to." Because yeah, okay, we all had a youth club, but I'm fairly sure no tried to burn it down or threw acid in my eyes every time I went there.
0: I, I was going to say it, it was the fucking it was. It was the fucking paintballs that, that sold Biker Grove. That's all anybody remembers about fucking Biker Grove, is whichever one of them it is getting shot with a paintball. I don't know whether it was, I don't know whether it was Ant or Deck. I can't fucking tell. I, think of I, I don't know. I, think I, I don't know which one's which. Um, I, was so, say, I was
1: going to say Deck's the small one, but they're both fucking midgets, so I don't
0: know. Oh, one of them's quite tall and bald, isn't he? I don't know.
1: I'm six foot six. They're all fucking midgets to me.
0: I guess so. Um, I can't even remember which one was PJ and which one was Duncan, if I'm honest. But I'm pretty sure the, the shorter just... one was PJ, I think.
1: Oh, I was going to say the other way. Or was it
0: the other way around?
1: I don't know. I... Anyway, this isn't a
0: Biker Grove podcast. That's to come. So look forward to my hot yeah. takes on Biker Grove. I'm clearly an and, expert. And my phenomenal Geordie
1: um... accent, which will come out as well.
0: <laughs> oh, dear. I'm not <laughs> I'm not even going to. I very nearly did then. I very nearly just bust one out. And I thought, no, now is not the time. Well, uh, I'm, just... I'm
1: assuming you made a Jordy accent.
0: Yeah, yeah. The Geordie accent. Yeah. Just like now is not the, now is not the time to do a Cockney accent for Grange Hill either. That's something I found quite interesting is the older episodes. And I didn't realize this at the time, obviously, um, but having spent a large period of my early career working extensively in the East End of London and particularly uh, working within the social housing sector on the East End of London, I didn't realize just how much it was focused around kind of east london council estates and the fact that grange hill was a school in in one of these areas uh because you said,
1: it set in setting sort of fictional borough of north london wasn't
0: it? it it feels like east london to me but it all of, london's fucking london <laughs> london's
1: london it's big you got, gray you got the middle of it where all the money is and then the rest of it where everybody lives
0: yeah it's fucking big gray and horrible um don't come at me london as like i can say that as somebody that pretty much lived there for more or less five years of my life um whilst i was commuting to be honest, I, 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 I do have
1: quite a soft spot for london i've got
0: to be honest uh i don't but we'll park that one there uh, yeah. <laughs> i would i would uh, normally say lovely place to visit but it's fucking not i hate the place um i absolutely hate the fucking place anyway moving on i, I didn't realize <laughs> before i do get fucking bombarded um <laughs> I didn't realise how much it focused on it like it, it is very cockney those early seasons. Very, very fucking cockney. Yeah, by uh, the
1: time then, I came to it, that had kind of gone away though. It was a lot more neutral.
0: Completely neutral from like, what even, I remember,
1: The accents were completely neutral. They, they, yeah, they yeah. all seemed some more sort of Hertfordshire and that sort of area.
0: Yeah, totally. Um it was almost as if all of a sudden the area had this massive cash injection. Um hmm. You know, like it was very, very odd to me. Like that was that was really jarring. Um, I, you know, it, there was. I think there was a certain amount of it then. You know, in those early storylines as well, where you get things like Zamo and the heroine and and all of those sort of early, sort of really hard hitting storylines for the time. I think that's kind of just tied into that. It's tied into that fucking British kitchen sink soap opera style that would then come to pass in EastEnders and stuff like that as well. Whereas by the time it got to us with the 90s, like the show, it was still trying to tackle things, um, but I, I feel like it was actually looking it was looking more inward. It got smaller rather than because yeah. there's a big problem with drugs or there's a big, I, I remember them doing a rape storyline quite yeah. late on, which, which was, yeah, that
1: was very heavily criticized. Yeah. yeah, I can
0: remember, I can remember that in the media. I don't think I ever saw it, but I remember it. Um, and yeah, that was about
1: 2002, 2003. I think I read it earlier and that, that caused a big stink, but I remember reading. So I've, I've not seen any, uh, not rewatched any, but I've been reading today and Phil Redman was uh, pulled in for a, you know, a friendly lunch from BBC and they said, look, fucking calm it down. It's wow. getting a bit much, um, so uh, I mean, he stepped away to do to um, do Brookside and then Hollyoaks, and well, he went back to it, and he sort of tried taking it back in the, sort of the early two thousands, um, trying to take it back to where it sort of came from. So I think that's where the rape story came from—is getting it back to uh, its more sort of realistic roots. But I mean, they did the, some of the stories they did really focus on. That they, no, they obviously had the heavy drugs run, but it wasn't a case of there's a problem with drugs at the school. It was an individual because yes. it's, it's he, it's easier to deal with it if, especially if you're trying to teach kids that you no know, drugs are bad. Okay, um it's it's easier to show that actually it's it's a problem and you descend into it. Not it's a societal problem where actually they're fucking everywhere. and Yeah, it's easier to get hold of drugs, smarties, and of that, and they will fucking kill you. And they, you know, there are other problems associated like crime and sort you of know, theft and gang problems and you know, all this sort of stuff. Which it's. You can you could see the attraction of trying to of trying to portray that and trying to you know, trying to show that side of it, but at the same time you don't want to petrify a the parents and b the BBC because they'll, they'll take you off the air. And so I think that that was probably why they went for those sort of safer options. And as I, as I said earlier, I remember there's a particular story that I remember really well. I don't fucking know why, um, but it was about a girl um, who started started going out with a boy. He was in a gang and there was some altercation with a rival gang and he ended, no, he ended up hurting somebody. So then they went after her and they, they ended up slashing her face. Um, so I remember that story then really, really vividly. I, can't, I couldn't tell you why. Um, but again, rather, no, rather than it being this massive gang problem in school, which I mean, this would have been about 1998, 99. And certainly the school I went to, there's a massive fucking problem with gangs from, there were four local schools mm-hmm. and we were always fucking scrapping if it wasn't that's, about, that's rugby, it was about
0: everybody yeah. hates the other fucking schools. well that's it and if like, it you don't know about, why you just do
1: yeah i mean no if it wasn't about rugby matches between the schools it was football on a weekend or hmm. somebody who's gone out with somebody's sister from another school or, there'd be some shit going on all the time yeah um and again that's part of everybody's school experience there's always a rival school and it always goes too far with some people and you always have trouble with it but rather than doing that again it was they, they, they did want to focus on there being these, you know, these gangs everywhere in school. It was a case of, right, this guy outside of school, he's in a bit of fucking trouble, and we don't really want to mention that, but we just want to focus on the fact it has a negative impact on his life within the school, so him and the people immediately around him. Yeah. And, and it's, it's an interesting way of doing it, and I think it's probably the, probably the only way they would have got away with it.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's noticeable more in the later era as well. Is there was a lot more going on outside of the school, so yeah, you would take those characters' problems and make them more sort of personal, and 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 they would be they'd be more introspective in looking at it. I think whereas like the stuff with Zamo and things, it, it was a little bit more wider ranging. You know, they spent about two years on that storyline. Yeah. Uh, there was like two seasons on it. And, it, and yeah, there are moments in in the run of the show where it is genuinely quite hard hitting. Mm. Um, one of the things that that I took out of it in in rewatching though was actually how fucking knockabout most of it is and how enjoyable most of it is. And I think part of that comes from, you know, being, being a school child in Britain in the fucking eighties and nineties and, and being in these environments. Like I, I think it is actually, you don't realize it at the time, yeah, uh, I don't think. But looking back on it now, it's a relatively accurate representation of what school was like. I well,
1: think. it's not, because nobody says fuck. Nobody tries to cheat that well, it. Well, yeah, yeah. Nobody's
0: got, nobody goes on the match. They, they they can't Well, people were fucking yeah people were bunking definitely i saw one one of the episodes i watched michelle Pfeiffer uh, michelle Pfeiffer michelle fowler was getting into i wish it was michelle Pfeiffer <laughs> michelle fowler was getting into trouble for fucking Mitchie, And i can't think of a name in the show cuz
1: she, she she was Sutali the actress i can't remember her name in the show
0: Ro- i want to say Roz i could be wrong though i don't
1: know she'd gone by the time i yeah uh, by the time michelle,
0: i came michelle fowler right she was she was in trouble cuz cuz she was like a, a bit of a fucking edgy fucking bad girl character and yeah, she's fucking mitching off. Um, so like, so that's in there. Like, yeah, it's all
1: yeah, by the time I got to it, that, No, they weren't really doing that. But by the time I got to it, it was kind of no, that was kind of passe. It was they wanted to be onto bigger, bigger storylines.
0: Yeah, I mean, you would have been coming into it as I say, as I was aging out of it, which I remember, I, and I distinctly remember because it was even as a sort of mid to late teenager. Then you didn't very often see. I, I want to be careful how I word this um well no i don't have to be careful it just i would as we would word it normally on any other shows but there wasn't a great deal of representation of other body types and of of people who were differently abled on on tv then um and i specifically remember there being um right you always you always correct me on this one is it dwarf or midget
1: there was there was a character with dwarfism. I was reading this. Earlier dwarfism, one. right? there, there was I, a dwarf, and there was somebody with cerebral palsy. They brought me yes. at the same time. Yeah, that's what right. So they were in
0: the same time, right? So that's what I was about to say. And there and there was somebody with with cerebral palsy, but yeah. So so it's dwarf. I, I'm sorry, listeners. I always get. I try. I really do try. Ex- and that's my
1: personality um, yeah. thing. That's different. I
0: always I always get the two mixed up. That is on me, but I'm consciously trying to to make to use the right terminology. um and that was unusual to see – and especially on kids' TV as well. Um, But I, I remember them, like, really going out of their way not to make an issue out of it as well. Yeah, yeah
1: that they, was, they was... were very widely praised for that because it wasn't a case of, oh, look, they, no, there's a dwarf. there, they, no, There's somebody in a wheelchair. There's somebody – it was just like, well, yeah, that's Sharon. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if her name was Sharon. I can't remember. But it's just like, well, yeah, just one of the class. Who gives yeah. The they, they and were and what you I mean, find out, I, I, I see that um, – with, with the kids now is that there are kids in their school. There's one who's on a permanent crutch um, because she's got something wrong with her. I think her one of her feet points out the wrong way. She can't balance properly. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no kids with some massive uh, speech impediments and ticks and twitches and all sorts. But because it's just one of those things. The kid, you know, they, They've been with the same classes since nursery. Everybody, No, it's a small school, so everybody knows everybody else anyway. And nobody gives a fuck because no, the whole thing with kids is that actually you're not born an arsehole. You become an arsehole through other... other other through your environment and through other influences. So yeah. if you grow up with kids who are you know who are differently abled or are from different race different races, different ethnic backgrounds, whatever, so what who cares? What does it
0: Yeah yeah I mean I mean Grange was, was very good with representing different ethnicities, I think, right like right back from the start, being that it wasn't in a London school, as yeah. you say. Like they were they were it was like United Colours of Benetton, that, that early fucking yeah. run. like so so they were very good at that. Um but I think what was what I specifically remember um and again this was when i was more or less coming to the end of my run i think these were kind of mid to late 90s these characters being introduced i think yeah um maybe i'm wrong maybe you know maybe i'm not i'm misremembering but, but i think i don't remember seeing too much of them anyway um but certainly and I, I, just so we're clear about this i i this is not me at all um but certainly had those characters been in my school they would have had a horrible time an yeah. absolutely horrible time of it. Okay. I'm not like, not from me. I, I, that is absolutely not the person I am, but I know what my school was like. I had a hard enough time just because I was fat. Yeah. All right. I, like, I, I, long I if I'd been in sorry. a wheelchair or if I'd have been a, a dwarf, fucking hell. School school can be horrible and cruel. And they were just very particular to avoid that, which was fucking great. Yeah. Like, and I remember even thinking that at the time, like to just have these characters that are not. Like, the pitfall there is to have them be the butt of the jokes and have them being bullied and stuff like that. But, you know, on the one or two occasions I do remember that happening and that I have seen in one or two episodes that I was watching. Like, they will always stand up for themselves and they will always come away with the upper hand. Yeah. So, like, to be able to pull that off in in the mid-90s on a kid's show, when, as I say, kids will watch it and straight away, you know, those kids look different. So they can pick on them. I, and and that's going to be your audience as well, because they go to the schools that we're talking about. Yeah. So the, I think they did a lot for inclusivity there. And that's, you know, we talked about it on, on the Raggy Dolls episodes as well. Like there was, there is this sort of underlying tide of inclusivity that started to grow, I think, in kind of the mid 80s through to the early 90s. It kind of leads us to where society is today. And sadly, some people are still not on board. Yeah. Um. But you ca- I think when we look at these shows, one of the things that I'm always kind of finely tuned into looking for is this kind of rising tide because it is there. You do particularly with some of the animated shows, um, you, you start to see that shift when you move from mid sort of 80s to early 90s, where you do start to see the color of your lead character's skin changing. And some yeah. of the support characters will all of a sudden be a different ethnicity and speak in a different accent. And you know, you look at oh, we talked about Captain Planet and how like, yes, it's comically bad. Yeah. But they were trying, you know, and and if you trace that through, I think, to the generation that we've become and then that wisdom that we've imparted on the generation after us, I think there's something really interesting to look back on on the value of children's T V yeah. and what it what it means to that. And I think Grange Hill is actually I can't believe I didn't write about it now when I was writing papers on this stuff, because Grange Hill is actually a prime fucking example of this. Um, It it does really well for that. And of course, it should do. It's a soap opera. It should reflect, you know, the the social idioms of the time. That's what it should do. This is this is what school looks like today. These are the problems in school. That's what it needs to do. Um, But I do worry then actually maybe some of those mid 90s shows were i to go back and just be clear i think i will go back and watch more they are readily available and i did enjoy what i watched um and i did get a big nostalgia hit from it i wonder whether they'll have as much sort of replay value as some of the earlier ones that were hitting things like you know heroin addiction is a problem that's never going to go away yeah. rape sadly is a problem that's never going to go away you know so, so there are these issues you know poverty is never going to go away there, yeah. so there are these issues that you know are again, are linked to our sort of social constructs and are linked to our school experience that we're always going to be able to sort of pull something out and see reflecting in society. But I wonder whether there's something a little bit 90s about trying to move the needle on inclusivity now because that has come on so far. And yes, it's yeah. still a problem. But if you see what I mean, we're kind of in a different place with it now as a society than we would have been then. And I'm certainly not saying we're where we should be. Jesus Christ, we're not. Look at everything okay. that went on last year. Um yeah. But we're certainly not at the level of taking these kind of baby steps with it, really, that they would have been in the 90s. Now, I think we would be a lot more direct in tackling problems of that head on uh, off the top of my head. Um, I finally got around to um, watch. I've started the second season of, of uh, the Netflix Sabrina show, for instance, and the way that they deal uh, with a transgender character in that uh, is, is very direct. There is no pussy footing around. There is right. Was she now he? This this character is now a he like this is and, and they change his name and everything. And everybody in the show is goes to great lengths to refer to them as he to use the chosen pronoun. Um, that's that would never have been possible in a 90s show. Gotcha. So just sort all of a sudden go back and it's like, oh, yeah, well, would I, I didn't find any. But I would wager there are episodes of Grange Hill about. Certainly homosexuality, yeah. if not transgender issues
1: I don't think uh, there are any transgender issues, That's certainly not from the period I've looked at or when i've been reading, but definitely homosexuality um that was uh they, they did a big big thing with HIV and AIDS uh, so the mid to, mid to late eighties as well um, so I mean that stuff's in there um and it's, it' had we had it continued i mean it's, it, it ended in two thousand and eight, so i mean it's been off the air for thirteen years um had it moved on then i I dare say we would have had we certainly would have had a storyline by
0: now we we absolutely Um, 100% would have especially again you look at schools today now and everything's it's actually an anti-bullying thing rather than a gender thing yeah but everything now is gender neutral bathrooms without doors on them you know a new school is constructed there are no doors on the bathroom it's but that's for bullying that's not for despite what despite what the fucking daily mail may have you believe um As as uh, somebody that is involved in these projects, I can tell you it is not for gender neutrality. Okay. Yeah. It is for fucking bullying and drug use.
1: Yeah. Um, no, no, we we just did it in when and work with us in the university, but again, nothing to do with well, we'd started doing it as a as an inclusivity thing, but also then coronavirus hit well, we to have one person in the bathroom at a time, so fuck it, which make more gender, gender neutral, put a lock on the door and then you only one person can go in at a time. Yeah. It's got done. But when we come up when we come out of the pandemic, that won't change. No. It, we will just have instead of having a handful of gender-neutral bathrooms in certain buildings, now every bathroom in the entire fucking campus would be gender-neutral. Yeah. Because, and um, again, there was lots of... It was quite funny, actually. A lot of women kicked up a stink about men using what was you know, perceived as a women's toilet. And I remember I, 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 in the office the, the block I, my office is in, I went into one of the, so the, the communal floors and I went into one of the gender-neutral bathrooms and said, that's a women's toilet. Women go in there. I said, well, I'm fairly sure I live with a woman and a girl. (laughs) We use the same toilet in the house, like all the fucking time. Yeah. But Um, that was the thing is that's a women's toilet. So hang on a minute.
0: I mean, that's, that's been coded into by society, hasn't it? It's the issue there. But you, you know, that's, That's generations and generations of deep shame about our genitalia and the act of procreation, basically. That's That's what that is.
1: Let's be fair. There's a lot to be ashamed about with male genitalia because it looks fucking ridiculous, let's be honest.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but it's funny. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Who wouldn't enjoy it if I'm just theoretically... What woman wouldn't enjoy it if they were sat down having a nice peaceful wee and all of a sudden my elephant just pops over the top and I do an impression? Surely that doesn't get me locked up. Oh, no, wait a minute. Nope. I'm talking yep. about John Barrowman there, aren't I? Never mind. Um, <laughs> sorry, I had to get a dig about him in somewhere. I fucking hate it. Um, <laughs> we're way off topic now. <laughs> um, way off topic.
1: Way off topic, yeah. Um, but you're right. It's quite interesting what you're saying about the um, the way they handle it Sabrina. If you look at um, the way they did um, Nia Nal in Supergo. Yes, yes, that was yes. handled quite well, but it wasn't particularly sensitive. It was it was more well. It is what it is, and we're just going to kind of um, skip past it. Um, and I don't it, know whether that's a better or worse approach, really. because I think that, I, I think that's possibly that's the right the way. Grange, it,
0: that's the Grange Hill approach, is what. Yeah, that
1: is. it's just that's, it, it, it's not he or she, however they identify, is that person. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter anything else. That person is that person. And it's the same as the argument I always have about race and anything else. I don't I don't care if people are black or white or Asian or Hispanic or purple monkeys. If you're an arsehole, you're an arsehole. And yes. I'll, judge, I'll judge you for being an arsehole, not on anything else. Yes. And, I mean, it's fucking horrific. I did um, an interview um, a couple of months ago um, for the professional body I'm in. Mean, and they have a code of conduct that you have to talk about in the interview. And my opening gambit was, I'll answer your question in a second, because it's absolutely fucking reprehensible. I didn't swear because it was an interview. But it's reprehensible that any organization feels the need to have a code of conduct that says, I will not be, no, I will not discriminate against other people. I will not break the law. I will act with integrity. Should people just fucking do that anyway
0: you absolutely should it's the golden rule of life don't be a dick yeah exactly. Um, th- that's all you need to write in that code rule one don't yeah. be a dick and
1: if you're going to be a dick people will be a dick back to you
0: yeah that's rule exactly two. Yeah. you get
1: what you know, you get what you give
0: yeah exactly um but no i mean yeah to, to put us back on track i think actually i hadn't thought of a supergirl there but yeah the, the way dreamer is handled in in supergirl is exactly how i think um grange hill would handle an issue like that and that yeah they will bring it up they will address it and then all of a sudden then there is this character and yeah. they are transgender and that is that now like you say whether that's better or worse I, I i don't think it's either i think they just deal with it um but then that's it they don't make any attempt to explore that yeah. um whereas in Sabrina, they, they are very much like every episode it, people will forget to to use the right pronoun and things and yeah. it's not they're not saying it like it's a bad thing it's just everybody has to adjust yeah. and you know I think there's more personally, I think there's more value in that. Um, in, you know, just like me now saying to you, I don't know what the right term is here. Is it, is it dwarf or what? Um, because actually what, what we need to do as a society here is educate each other. And we have to decide what, well, no I'm offended by that. You use the wrong term. Most of the time people don't understand what the right or wrong term is just yeah. because society moves so quickly. And that isn't an excuse OK, but I genuinely believe, because I have to, because otherwise I think the world is more fucked than I think it is. 90 um, percent of the time, people use these terms without malice. Yeah. They just they think that is the right term. And it, I think
1: the, the thing with it is as well, it's, and this is another term that's been co-opted, but it's the literal definition of ignorance. People don't know. Yes. And it's not. Oh, it's, uh, no, I- ignorance is one of these now that it's, it's, a, it's a negative thing. If you're ignorant, then there's something wrong with you. People just don't know. If people don't know, if they're not exposed to something and they don't know, then literally they are ignorant. But it's not. I said there's no malice in it. No, it's just they don't know. Yeah. No. And, and and you're right. I think if people you know, if people went to the trouble saying, right, okay, well, actually what you said, no, the reason we, you know, the reason I'm offended by what you said is because of this, this, and this. Most people go, Oh fuck, I didn't know. I'm really sorry. I'm really I'm sorry. So yeah. sorry. and you will see the fucking back you know, the, the backwards tank, you will just wheel it back down the hill. Because yeah. people you no know, people don't go on that hill to die unless they're fucking Trump supporters people don't know most people aren't like that most people are fundamentally decent and we'll go oh shit i'm really sorry i didn't know yeah and at that point the onus then goes back onto okay well now you know don't do it again or try not to do it again or well you should have known how fucking dare you not know and that's when the onus goes back to the other side and then you get the fucking daily mail going oh we can't say this anymore you can't do that anymore yeah and it's um, in those scenarios when you you know when you do get outlets like the daily mail and fucking fox news going you know, pulling all the all this spouting all this fucking venom all the time. That's when you get to the point we're in now where actually you do get these massive divisions. And we don't get to see people as people. We get to see people by a colour or by a, a religion or a disability. When actually a person's just a person's just a person. Yep. Yeah, you're dead right. And I and I think
0: I I think were Grange Hill still be going today, that that is what would have carried through. We'd be looking at that in more detail now than we were in the nineties. And, and and that's why I think those those older episodes are just going to maybe feel a bit more shallow just because yeah. i think we we have those discussions on a on a much larger uh scale now within yeah. society whereas then it was just like okay we need to be inclusive we don't have any differently able abled people so let's have some of those we don't have an openly homosexual person so let's have one of those you know and it's it's that it, it's throwing those characters in and now again that's not that's not a criticism that's the time and actually i, I think it was very forward thinking for its time in doing these things i, I also remember there was um oh, i can't remember the fucking girl's name now but there's one of the girls who was basically her mother was like an alcoholic or something and she ended up looking after her sister yeah. and stuff and that that was a big thing which again is something that you know, and, and sadly particularly where we're from i don't know about you but that's something that i know happens around me
1: Look! Look who's in the second fucking bedroom over there. Um, yeah. yeah,
0: of course, of course,
1: <laughs> yeah, well, it's, of course. I didn't even yeah, think yeah, that. Of of that. And, yeah. So, yeah. So, and, and that's the thing. You're absolutely. I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right. You, you do find that and these things. There will always be something that hits home with somebody. And they say, no, we, we. No, by the time that particular situation arose with us, I was in my mid-thirties. Mm-hmm. But you know, my niece was raising three boys, the youngest of whom was nine months younger than her. Yeah. Yeah. And so no, that, that does happen. But if it's not that storyline, you do have kids going home and they, there's nothing to eat because there's no, the parents don't have jobs. There's no money coming in or there are you know, dependencies on alcohol or drugs or whatever else. There's no food in the house. So they, you, know, you then get, you know, I mean, the local um, the authority with us, they've just taken over the um, the breakfast club, club In all the schools, um, whereas it was a private enterprise. But it's you know, along the lines of there's so much food poverty in right. our area. That actually, we want to make sure that kids are coming to school and can get it, and they can get some breakfast. Yeah. Um. They don't run the after-school club, which is you know, a bit of a shame because it costs me forty quid a day. But um, you know, but no, that's that's my Jesus choice. Jesus
0: Christ. Uh,
1: um. But you no, know, that's that's our choice. We do that so we can work. Um. But no, in there are other initiatives whereby they do they where local authorities do take that on, so that actually kids can get it. No, um, they can get a hot meal before they go home because yeah. a lot of times they won't get that. They won't get. Or or, oh, no! They they rely on free school meals, but then they might they might have their 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 school lunch at like twelve o'clock and not eat again until the following morning until they come in for breakfast. So that there will be people who are going to identify with that story. There will be people whose parents are going through divorces or having affairs and all this sort of stuff, which you no know, kids always get pulled into the middle of. And I think that that was the that was the particular appeal and the particular beauty of Grange Hill is that there was always something going on. It's such a, a large. And Such a diverse cast i don't mean diverse as in ethnic diversity as we've talked about there were steps towards it, but it wasn't massively inclusive but you know there was such a broad range of issues going on because you know I mean in any cohort you know you'd have 20, 30 kids for each year group, yeah. So at some point somebody would be going through something you'd think oh yeah that's a bit close to what I'm going through and so there was always something you could latch on to with that um, and I think that we talked you talked earlier on about things that say by the bell um they 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 were high school shows a lot of the american ones they were high school shows, but they weren't they weren't anywhere near as relatable they you know they they were they were more comedies than they were dramas i mean they 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 tried to touch on particular things and they, they um say for remember they did um, an episode on smoking where slater started smoking um they did one about um drugs where um Jesse was taking like in. I want to say speed, but I think they were like pet pills I mean, the fucking They, the, they the were pet bird. pills. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. They, they were. So, I mean, they were like stay awake pills, basically. Yeah, like fucking yeah. Um, Pro Plus GoGo Juice. Yeah, go-go Juice. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. So I mean, they, they tried things like that, but because they were done, a they were done in a comedic way, and b they were they were one and done. It was one episode, and then it was finished. I, I say this semi-ironically because I can still remember them thirty years on, but they're not going to have the same lasting impact as somebody watching Zamogu down a two-year rabbit hole. Yeah, you're dead right. And, and I think yeah, it's not going to have the same impact. And I think that's, I, don't, I can't think of a show, um, certainly, I mean, there may be now, but certainly from, from our childhood, I can't think of a show that came out of America or Australia that really dealt with that in such depth. I mean, probably Home and Away was probably the nearest because they had a very large teenage cast.
0: Yeah, I mean, I never watched Home and Away because I was a neighbor's kid um so i mean it wasn't
1: yeah it was it wasn't
0: mutually exclusive but i was just like oh, that looks like the cheap nasty version of neighbors so oh, i'm not gonna bother nice. um but yeah I, I think you're right i think that's why i think my attitude to for instance let's just take those two shows okay because i think they're probably the best examples of of the genre in, in making this comparison let's take Save by the bell and, and Grange hill right now if you would have asked me prior to doing this podcast which one of those i prefer i would tell you 99 times out of 100 Saved by the Bell. Like, if you put the two in front of me before we started re-recording this, and I went, right, there's a DVD of Saved by the Bell, there's a DVD of Grange Hill, pick one. I'm going to put Saved by the Bell on, right? Uh, Particularly because you can't get that fucking DVD anywhere, as we found out. So I was going
1: to say, you can't get that one, and I wasn't aware there were fucking 10 series uh, box sets of Grange Hill
0: nor was i uh nor was i aware that the whole show is on brick box um really?
1: okay. yeah
0: the whole fucking thing the whole run is all on brick box um but i think that was just because of who i was certainly in the 90s and who i was as a kid like i and i was this wasn't exclusive to me that certainly my friend group would have been the same as well and still is today okay um I was just more conditioned to accept that American high school experience, yeah. despite the fact that I was going to a British school. Yes, like we were the generation that was raised on fucking VHS tapes from fucking America. Okay, we watched yeah. Hollywood movies, and we had a, we were the first generation that American shows really coming in on the regular. Yeah. All right, now yet again, satellite TV wasn't doesn't have the foothold it did now, but it was starting to break through. So we've been exposed to all of this American culture, and it was glamorous. Yeah. Okay. So so you're watching Saved by the Bell, and it's like you could sort of relate because they sort of have the same issues but they're fucking half a world away
1: Yeah.
0: whereas like looking back on the two of them now like Grange Hill is so clearly light years ahead in terms of its writing in terms of its production and we'll get on to all of that as well but yeah. uh, <laughs> since, like we will we'll, we've talked like we're nearly an hour in and this has just turned into one of those shows but that that shows you kind of the impact that, that Grange Hill has and how deep a show this is Um, you know what, everything about it like saved by the bell is kind of to use the high school analogy then i guess saved by the bell is the jock whereas grange hill is is the fucking nerd essentially do you know what i mean like saved by the bell is the jock which is like it looks great on the surface and it's the popular one but actually there's not much going on there whereas grange hill has got so much more going on and it's so much better put together i mean just I, I don't know. I don't know if you've looked into like we know that half the fucking cast of EastEnders were in it, all right? We know that, but and yeah, other than there that... there,
1: are, there are three routes into TV: right? Grange had Greenhill into EastEnders, Brookside into the Bill, and Hollyoaks into the Bill, and that's how it worked. That's yeah, and that, now now goes into casualty because there's no the fucking thing on.
0: Yeah, um, but you know, so, so we know about that, but. Wait, I don't know how much of, in, in your research you've looked at who else, like, the other names involved this. Obviously, Phil Redmond is... is a oh, fucking, were,
1: uh, Anthony McGuire.
0: Like, well, that's, that's where I was going. Like, a, a yeah. fucking Oscar-winning director worked yeah. on this fucking thing. Like, all, uh, albeit there's a script editor, okay? But still. But still. still and, and he must have been, like, 10 or something when he was working on this, because... Like, I, I vividly remember him dying very young. Only, like, what was he, 50-something when he died? And that was only, like, four years ago or something.
1: 54, 54 in, there you go. He died in 2008.
0: 2008? Oh, it was longer ago than I thought. Yeah,
1: I, I, I thought it was about three, four years ago.
0: Yeah, I, I genuinely thought it was, like... Four or five years ago, something like that. But all right then. So, 2008 he died, and he's fifty-four. Then, so he's sixty. All right then, yeah. So, I guess he would have been in his kind of late twenties, early thirties, working on this. Well, right. That's that's my maths. That's shit. And he, <laughs> and once again, Mandela effect. Me misremembering things. I thought he. I thought he died.
1: I thought it was far more recently than that. Um, yeah. But yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it's quite interesting. You talk about. I mean, looking at the cast, they've so they've all gone on to massive other things. Um, whether they were massive in them or whether they're just part of massive products, I'm not sure. Um, but even like we talked about Sue Tully earlier, um, mm. that she, no, she's, um, I want to I say she won a BAFTA last year. She, I know she does the McCormick um, Strike um, series, but she's, I'm sure she, she won something or was nominated for something last year or the year before. Um, again, for her for her direct, her directing and her stage work. And wow. uh, again, she, you know, she's gone, again, apart from EastEnders, she, you know, which paid her a shitload of money, she's gone, to, again, to have a, uh, quite a, a, a career of her own. No, rather yeah. than just, rather than just hanging, I was in Great Hell, I was in Eastenders. Actually, she's gone on to uh, gone on to sort of you know, to to make to make that name away from those products as well. So I mean, there, there's loads. I mean, um, I did have. A, I really can't find it. I've, I've moved away from it. I can't find. I can't find the tab I had to opening. it. Um, but yeah, I mean, the cast. The, the, it was a, obviously it's a massive cast because it ran for thirty fucking years, and well, you need yeah. a new cohort every six or seven years. Um, so yeah i mean you're a massive cat but what you no know, some, some of them have gone to the fucking carpet sales when they shit like that because they've gone yeah i was a child actor my parents made me do it and ah, now i have any money left like no like i need to pay the pay for the uh pay for the coke or whatever else so they've gone into you know, normal careers but some of them have gone on to have absolutely stellar careers
0: yeah absolutely and i think part of that is actually because even watching it all the way back from like i've watched some of season one as well in doing this and The quality of the production, like just in terms of the the direction and the blocking, if nothing else, which we talk about all the time on fucking Game of Thrones, and I whinge and whinge and whinge and whinge about it, and how when it's done well, you don't notice it, and when it's done poorly, you notice it straight away. Um, It's slightly contradictory, but one of the first things I noticed in first watching those early ones was just how well blocked everything was. Bearing in mind, we're we're shooting for a fucking 4 by 3 screen here. They're probably on videotape, all right? So it's going to look cheap and nasty, But the amount of movement they get within those classrooms and and that if they didn't do that, it wouldn't feel real because classrooms are just the most kinetic places on the face of the fucking earth. A classroom is never still, not for a moment, because kids are just full of sugar. And as we say several times in the show, kids are fucking assholes. All right. So they're always they're, they're always moving. They're always dicking around. They're always throwing shit at each other. They're too loud and it feels like that because like I, I don't even know how they managed to shoot this thing they must well, have they, been
1: in a studio like they they were in um they used issue schools um so right they, okay they, so they had the place. For, for for most of it, yeah so at the start of they were in issue school then they moved to elstree um and they were in a studio and then they, they moved up to liverpool um for the latter years um but originally for the first 20 years it was a multi-cam shoot as well
0: so they but could always have is this so is what go, I'm
1: saying your, yeah. your, you, you had the, the benefit of always being able to uh, we've locked this camera off and this is this is shooting the main bit but actually all this shit's gone on the background and yeah. we can be fucking we can, we can go to whoever because as long as the main camera stays locked on who was on to get their bit we can go fucking anywhere we want and it was only in the late 90s they went to single camera
0: right because yeah, uh, those early ones, and they do. You can tell the difference because those are completely it's,
1: frenetic. I mean, yeah, it's movement. all over the
0: shop. There's fucking cranes, there's dollies, like there's, there's fucking Dutch angles in there as so well. There's yeah. all sorts of shit going on. Whereas in the nineties, yeah, I vividly remember it just being like, here's two people having a conversation. Here's yeah. our master shot. Here's our yeah. two shot. Here's our singles, and it looks like that then. Yeah. Um Now the quality of the film stock and everything looks better. And the show looks more expensive weirdly because it's better lit, yes. but in terms of its movement and its blocking. That's not and very
1: then, interesting
0: at all. No. And then when you talk about these people going on, you know, you, you're Anthony Minghella's and, and you, you know, everybody else that's gone on even to, to act in other things and then inevitably taking the step from actor to director or to producer or wherever they're going to go. Like, this must rub off on them as children to see that to be around this as your full time job as a child every day. Like you're you're basically going to film school, yeah. you know, yes, you're acting, but you're watching, you know, people who are clearly very good at their job making a high class product. So that must rub off on you. And and that shows, you know, compared to something like Saved by the Bell, where it is typically like, well, this is how we shoot a fucking Sitcom in America. This is what we do. It's either yeah. multi cam or single cam, and we're either in a studio or on location. But this is how we, these are your two templates. Pick yeah. one of these, and this is how it works. And Grinchill doesn't do that at all. Like, no. it doesn't even look like a fucking soap opera. It doesn't look like anything else I can think no. of, to be honest, in its movement. It does really, really well. It almost feels like a fucking indie film in places. Like,
1: yeah. And I think so, by the time you get to the 90s, it's a lot more static, it's a lot more conventional. Um, <laughs> And I've, I've not watched a great deal of the early stuff. I've seen bits in dispatches over the years. As I said, they did re- did repeat it um, in the sort of mid-90s. they were repeating on... Sort of, I'm sure it was a Saturday morning, then it moved to a Sunday. Um, I remember being yes. on
0: Sunday as like an omnibus for like hours. You'd have like about fucking three hours of Green <laughs> on or something. Yeah.
1: That, I, that was I, too much. Yeah, I used to play football and rugby on the weekend, so I only saw bits anyway. But um, yeah, I, I even remembering those, they... <laughs> It, you could tell it was the same product, but it looked a lot more interesting early on. And yeah. they, 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 I think they were willing to try a lot more. So by the time you got to the 90s, they said, right, okay, we've got to do X number of shows. Let's just blast through it. This is our short list. We're going to hammer through it. Nothing flashy. Just get it, get it on print and fuck off until the next one. Well, I mean, there's, by that point as well,
0: people know what Grange Hill is and they know what to expect from it so yeah it's it's partly a case of well we've got to bang this out but it's also like well this is what grange hill looks like whereas in those earlier seasons nobody knew what grange hill looked like they were finding their feet and it and it just happens that they settled into and look part of that is going to be down to production cost as well yeah because you know any tv show if you look at it you can pick any show doesn't matter if it's british american chinese whatever right there'll be a very definite arc you can follow in the production the the first season is always going to be the least experimental okay they're gonna they're gonna need to find their feet okay and even even in their writing as well very rare do you get an absolutely stellar first season it'll be good Mm -hmm. solid okay season two if season one hits season two you've got a bit more money to play with your audience figures starting to pick up so that's when you're on your ascent season three then is generally going to be the arc, and then you'll notice Netflix will cancel just about everything after season three or four because there is yeah. going to come a point where it's going to become more expensive to make that show than you're going to bring in in revenue from new audience figures. Yeah. All right, there is going to be like a crossover point. Once you go past that, that show's going to start dipping, and the money's going to start getting pulled. Yeah, um, you know, it, it's why, I, like it. it just baffles me you know when you get shows like i don't know how they do it other than the fact that they're obviously very very good but shows like the walking dead that's running for like 11 seasons now the simpsons is like fuck knows how many
1: 32
0: you know and it's like this either they've cracked the code of how to make it very cheaply or they are continually drawing audience figures in because sooner or later one will outweigh the other and that's that's why Netflix keeps cancelling these fucking shows. It's not like they want to, because they know people are going to watch them. But Netflix needs new subscribers.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I, re- I remember reading something last week, actually. There was a, a crisis meeting um, held with Netflix shareholders because for some, something like nine days in a row, they failed, to, they failed to bring in a million new subscribers a day. So There are only so many people on the fucking planet.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And only and- so many of them want to watch Stranger Things.
1: Yeah, like, um, no, and, and then you take out children, and you take out the fact that no, we have Netflix, but we have one account that both of us use. Yeah, so that you know, that cuts your audience in half straight away. But yeah, because they had, they did, they failed to bring in a million subscribers a day over a finite period. They there was big fucking problems apparently.
0: <laughs> there you go, and and so all of a sudden that's going to start that has a direct knock-on effect with content yeah. now. Grange Hill is on the BBC. OK, so that's how Grange Hill manages to run for 30 fucking years, because actually as well, particularly when you look back at those older ones where they're dealing with these big social issues, that plays straight into the BBC's core values. That's inform, educate and entertain. It's all yeah. there like that's what it's doing. So it is yes. always going to run and it's getting paid for out of the taxpayers pocket. So yeah. they're not as concerned as, say, ITV would be or yeah. Channel 4 would be. Yeah, where they've so got they worry
1: about sponsors and advertisers and, yeah. and shareholders.
0: So they can run it for 30 years, uh, but they are constantly going to be looking to make it as economical as possible. They want to churn that thing out.
1: But um, not only really that, they need, they need to look at it in terms of, it needs, to, it needs to be relevant as well, because obviously when you've got writers who've been with a show for 10, 15 years, their social experience is different, and they could be that much further removed from school. So yes. you need to make sure that part is relevant. But um, it's interesting we, we were talking about earlier when um, I said you have your, you know where they find in your feet and you know your, your aesthetics will change. And you'll settle into into a rhythm. I remember um, there's another issue with it where I remember Kevin Smith talking about when he did Cop Out, he had to do a screen test for Fox to make sure for them to be satisfied it looked like a Fox product. Mm-hmm. Um, and there will be you no know, there will be similar pressures with. I mean this was produced by by the BBC for twenty odd years. Anyway, it was only later on it went to Mersey TV. Um, but yeah, there'll be an expectation as well whereby. Actually, you're not making up so the young, young ones where you're flying all over the fucking place and dropping bombs. It's, this is this is what it looks like. This is what people expect. Yeah. So we just go with that. So that, that'll that play into it as well. Yeah, definitely. They, it, for all it wants
0: to push boundaries, um, I, I think it can do that in the writing. And then again, the BBC will only let it go to a certain extent. You, you mentioned Phil Redman got caught in that, his, his knuckles trap towards the end. Um, but certainly with camera work, it's going to be like, whoa, 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 hold your fucking horses. Yeah. This isn't an American show. Like, this is what this needs to look like. Yeah. Um, and, and again, as usual, this is just all assumption on our part. But, you know, calling it as I see it, it very much feels like those early shows. They were just like, well, this is relatively cheap. It's set in a school. We've got child actors. Like, it's for kids anyway. Nobody's fucking watching us. Yeah. So they went for it. And, and then all of a sudden, because they did that, and you see this all the time, you see it with, with indie film and you see it with sleeper hit TV shows as well. Because that happened and they went for it people sat up and took notice yeah now i, I think for the for that 30-year run you've got at least three generations there yeah that this cross is over so i think there's actually there's almost a sort of rite of passage to this as well isn't there where you yeah. just are going to watch grange hill because the older kids are going to pass it down to you like it, it's just going to come through it's naturally being talked about in school so you have to go and watch grange hill otherwise you don't know what the fuck's going on when people are having a conversation yeah. and you need to appear cool because it's fucking school yeah um so they've got the audience in built as well so yeah it could run for 30 years quite easily because of that i think you got you got the taxpayer money aspect of it and you've got it's it's institutionalized almost much like the bbc itself yeah. to the point where if they brought it back now this wouldn't all of a sudden be some Fucking all singing, all dancing revival where they've got to kickstart the whole thing again. They could literally air a new episode of Grange Hill tomorrow, starting at a new school term with yeah. new kids. Nobody <laughs> would bat a fucking eyelid. Nobody no. needs any explanation what it is. It's some of the fucking some of the old fucking teachers can still be there
1: even. Well, yeah, exactly. And I mean, you look at it. I mean, uh, there's a show on Channel Four called uh, Ackley Bridge, which is um, it's, it's it's set now. It's two school. It's uh, a school from a semi-affluent area merges with a less or affluent um, Asian school in, I want to say it's in Leeds or somewhere like that. Um, and so, you know, the, but again, it's, you know, there's a universality to it. There's, you're in schools, so there's pressures of school, there's pressures of home, and you bring, you know, you've got their home life where parents are getting divorced or there's siblings with drugs and all these sorts of problems. And then you have the sort of social tensions as well, whereby you have um, an inherently racist white community and inherently racist Asian community who fucking hate each other. Mm. And you could know you could um, aside from that that was quite funny And it had sort of some um kind of surreal se- you know like of surreal sequences in it. you could see you know that that very much working with with the Alexa great shell where actually that's something that people people at school will experience on a regular basis yeah absolutely and, you know you could um, you could drop that tomorrow and it would be one of those because again you're aiming at a a, a tween to late teen audience and as long as, as long as they can empathise with it, they will watch it and they will
0: tell their friends about it. Yeah, I, I think what's most interesting about, about Grange Hill, and you've hit the nail on the head with it there, is there's no... Yeah, like, we talk about the the universality of of school and of yeah. high school a lot, you know, and, and we see it in a lot of the shows we look at because it is, it's an experience that everybody has and we can all relate to. And, and, you know, there'll be different issues for different time periods, but you can always pick an issue and set it in amongst a high school and watch... Essentially, young people deal with it because they're young people, they're learning. So there's a natural storytelling mechanism there that works really well because they're not fully formed adults. They're nervous and anxious about things and still finding themselves. So you can take any number of problems and project it onto school. But generally that's used and, and particularly in American TV that's used as a storytelling hook and it's used alongside something else. So there's always another hook. The fact yes. that it's high school isn't enough, there will always be another hook. So this is a superhero show set in high school. This is a horror show set in high school. This is a, you know, even things like Saved by the Bell. This is a sitcom, but it's that's set in high school. High school. Yeah, and, that, and that's it, right? Power Rangers is a fucking fantasy action adventure show set in a high school. Yeah. Yeah. You got Buffy the Vampire Slayer It's a horror show set in a high school. Yeah, it, 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 that's just how it it works. Whereas yeah. Grange Hill actually takes the soap opera approach and just goes, no, 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 no. The school is the hook. The yeah. characters are the hook. This isn't. There's nothing else. Yeah. This is it. And I think that's what sets it apart. And again, that's what gives it that that edge in terms of quality because you have to work that much harder then in your characterization and your writing because you can't go, ah, oh, yeah, but then they punched them in the face. Uh, and everything was fine yeah because it doesn't work like that you have to have an actual real world explanation for that because it you know if you punch someone in the face in real life you get fucking punched back yeah that's how things work you know or you go to fucking jail or whatever but it's not you can't just punch things until they fall over yeah Um, and, and this doesn't shy away from that this you know, this does have a thing of like, okay, well, we need an intervention because someone's got a problem here or actually yeah. we need to bring somebody into the staff room and talk to them. You know, there's, there's even issues. Like I remember teachers having relationships with students. Yeah. I remember watching, you know, and, and they don't shy away from that either. Um, it, the school is the show. Yeah. And, and I think that's, that's what sets it apart and that's what keeps bringing people back generation after generation. Like I say, even dipping back into it now, to me, it was just like taking me back to school those 90s episodes especially like especially techno as a character like watching fucking around with all the computers and so it's like yeah that was me in school that was <laughs> that's who i was like i was i was the kid sat in the fucking it lesson playing doom because i'd managed to install it on the fucking network and the fucking <laughs> it teacher didn't know anything about it because i knew more about computers than he did like that was that was me and my friends so i can see that you know and lay out of the classrooms Every fucking school looks the same. They still look the same now. They're built off spec. They're furnished off spec. All schools look the same from one part of the country to the other. You will have very, very slight differences. Um, So it just all... It's a huge nostalgia kick for me, even though, as I say, I don't remember being a massive fan of it back in the day. I clearly was. I do know I watched it every fucking time it was on. If I remember, it was Tuesdays and Thursdays. Yeah, you repeat
1: them Monday, Wednesday and Friday. Yeah, Tuesday Tuesdays
0: and Thursdays, yeah. And I still, I, I would still watch it every Tuesday and Thursday. But if you'd ask me what my favourite show was, even even when we are doing the list for this show, this wasn't on the list. didn't and even run close. Went, no, and it was only when Tom suggested it that I was like, of course... Of course we have to do Grange Hill. How have we not done it already? Yeah. Was was my I'm, response, you know?
1: Yeah, and I've got to be honest, I, I was when we were talking about it, so I think we were talking about it last week when we were trying to move the schedule along. It's one of those that I same as I watched for a finite period, it was only a couple of years, but um, same as we talk about well, you're certain you're certain characters, and you, know, you you said yourself, no, you have a particular affinity to a particular Batman, you have a particular you'll have an affinity towards a particular book or whatever. Everybody will have their. Everybody who's watched Grain Show will have their period. That's where I used to watch, and where they loved it or hate it. That's their Grain Show. Yes, yeah, oh, definitely. I, I was really quite interested to see because I, 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 I didn't know. But I figured there'd be a, a, a crossover in time uh, between us and seeing. And I, I was more or less right in terms of where it was. But yeah, like your experience of it will be largely different to mine because you will have seen. You no, know, you'll have seen it when things were going on in your life, and you no, know, mm-hmm. things you call back to, as will I, and it will be completely different because we didn't grow up together. so it's one of those and say it just adds and it's happened down the country people will have these same these same recollections and i think that there's there's something to be said for as a soap opera but also just in terms of where it sits within the whole ya genre whereby the whole thing of young adult fiction is that whether it's school or it's some sort of dystopian future whereas there are common themes whereby the whole point is that you have a group of people who are being told what to do by adults who don't who aren't in the same social space? They're not in the. No, they, they're not experiencing the same things in the same way. And it's about that group of young adults finding their own place and their own way and their own values and all the rest of it. And as say, you can apply that to Green Shell. You can play it to Save the Bell. You can play the fucking Hunger Games. It all it all kind of ties in. And so, no, I, but, and as you said, no, whereas the Hunger Games, it's no, post, no post-apocalyptic rebuilding society. You know, Twilight is based on vampires. You've still got that whole you know, the whole crux of it is that you've got people trying to fit in to a world yes and anybody watching grange hill would have been exactly the same because you, know, you look at it i mean when you're 12 13 14 15 i don't know about you i was really fucking awkward um i was we all were. i still I was, am <laughs> same here no i was a good eight inches taller than everybody else in my class i wore glasses i was slightly hairy because yeah hello um it was just one of those that you just, you're always trying to find the bit that fits in and have that normal experience that you see everybody else having. And you don't have it in your head that actually what you think everyone else is having as a normal experience, they'll have their own fucked up shit going on as well. Mm-hmm. And everyone is just kind trying, you know, trying to keep it together long enough to not shoot the place up. No, wait, hang on, that's brutal.
0: yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's, that, it's that sort of... No, it's that sort of, um, that sort of feeling. That, that's... That's where the universality, universality comes into it, even beyond the school setting, because you know, obviously, some places in the world, school isn't a thing. You get, you, know, you get to the age of ten, and actually, education isn't as important anymore. So it's, it's very much a, so a first-world, Western-world sort, of, uh, sort of environment. But even so, there's still something about those characters, even if you're in a in a in a country where actually at ten you pulled out of school because your family need money and you get sent off to work, mm. you will still have those you'll still have that scenario whereby you're younger than everyone else you're smaller than everyone else you don't have the experience have the knowledge and you're just trying to keep your head down and fit in long enough to actually get to the point where you're not the lowest rung you're not the lowest rung on the ladder anymore
0: yeah i i think you're right i um, and, and it's also i think you can even take that a step further with grange hill in that yes you've got the the universality with the kids of like everybody's had that experience of being awkward growing up and fitting into a social construct and not being lowest rung of the ladder but what Especially not so much kind of the the Tucker and the the Zamo years because they they had lead characters. Like Tucker was a lead character. It was about Tucker for a while and you followed him through. And then Zamo kind of came in straight off the back of that and kind of picked up that thread. But as we got more into expanding it and and following year groups and things like that, what they actually started doing notably in, in kind of the late 80s episodes and early 90s was actually... Bringing the teachers in as characters yeah. in their own right as well. Yes. They were just like you. The teachers always had names and were characters, but we always saw them in terms of their interaction with the, with the children
1: and, and in the in the school, in the staff, in the corridor, in the classroom, yeah. never in the staff room, never in the car park. No, where is it? Done the particularly
0: when I was watching it, I can remember there being as much about the caretaker and the, and the staff in the staff room. As there was about the kids in the classroom, and, and I imagine it was it carried on being the same through your run on the the show as well when you were watching it. So actually, what what they do there is you kind of follow that through, and then it's a case of well, actually, kids, even when you get older, like this shit ain't going to get any easier. You're yeah. still going to have problems. You're still going to be awkward, and actually, you know what? Your teachers don't know how to fucking deal with things either. They just yeah. pretend they do. For a living, in fact. <laughs> I,
1: don't know you, I, I don't know if you ever watched um, Teachers on Channel Four, the Andrew Lincoln um, show. I didn't watch it, but I do um, know of it. Yeah, I, I remember. I, I watched that. Um, it was one of those. I caught. I, I happened to catch the first episode, um, and I, 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 I followed it through. But that's that was exactly this. This was the grown-up version of the Teachers in Grange Hill.
0: Yeah.
1: Where literally they finish a day where they you know they'd have to go into the cupboard to swear because they're yeah. not swearing for the kids, but somebody's being a little cunt. Yeah. So they'd go and you know, chew on a book so they don't fucking shout at them. Oh no, they'll throw them. They'll throw something across the room and they get dragged in before the head because they're getting a bollocking for being you know, for being like a child. Yeah, and then they literally they walk out of school and they go straight across the road to the pub. Yeah, because they haven't got a fucking clue what they're doing either. And then they have their little clips, You love them. The the geography teachers don't deal with the PE teachers. And uh, the maths teachers don't talk to anybody because, you know, maths is above everybody else. So, so you, you have, you know, you, you've no—you've got the same sort of social construct you have in something like Green Shell, But actually, it's the teachers who are just as bad as the fucking kids. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, but but this, like I said, nailed that from very early on, I think. Like yeah. I said, from certainly the entirety that I was watching it as a kid. That's say, by the time as I got to it, that was a thing. And in re-watching it, I've noticed it sort of start to make that shift round about the kind of late eighties, early nineties era, it started to make that shift. Um so, you know, it deserves some credit for that as well. That's 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 some smart writing, especially for a children's show, again, because it does two things. One is that it again, inform, educate, entertain. It it gets your kids ready for the fact that they're still gonna have problems when they leave school. Um and and it also brings the adults in as well, it gives them something to watch. Because it's not just a kid's show anymore then. You know, it's I would argue like i don't think it's even an argument i i I think it's impossible to to counter argue this if you put this side by side with neighbors i'd put them at the same sort of level of maturity to be honest in terms of their production their writing their everything in fact again if anything i'd say say the
1: production values are probably
0: better in grange hill yeah i I would agree so yeah (laughs) i was i was surprised um how good this was in rewatching it i was surprised how much it meant to me which i didn't realize how much it meant to me and i was surprised how quickly things came flooding back and that's always a joy when we do these shows when we get into that situation where we have one that we're not really that asked about and then it just sparks something and i've had that with this very much so um feels like we're on a bit of a run with that at the moment because yeah you know, I still want to watch more Terra after watching that. Like, but then I had to just sort of come off that and come straight into this. But now I'm at the point where I want to watch more of this. However, I'm not going to kid myself that I'm watching 30 years worth of this. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's I only
1: can definitely. Demo-
0: oh well, there you go. Well, I tell you what, when we finish Game of Thrones, um, <laughs> we'll just rewatch Grange Hill an episode at a time, shall oh, we? Oh, Jesus! I mean, they're only 20 odd minutes each, so that's easier. We could do like four a week.
1: Um, yeah. I'll st- I'll this is, we're not, we're
0: not, we're not doing that. Okay. I'll nobody gets excited. Years. Yeah. Nobody write in. Nobody write. We're not doing it. If, it. if anybody else wants to do that, take that idea and run with it. We are not doing that.
1: If you want to take that idea and run with it, we, we, I don't mind hosting on the network. If you want to do that, that's fine. But we, that'll take us three fucking years, doing four a week.
0: Yeah, we're we're not doing that. <laughs> Game of Thrones has nearly killed us. <laughs>
1: um One thing I will say, I mean, I, I think we're kind of on the verge of wrapping up. One thing I will say is that. I don't. I mean, this—the one thing I—I I, I mentioned earlier that none of the kids ever swore, which is ridiculous because, yeah, you know, that's certainly not my childhood experience. But I don't remember them ever doing um, like for all the stories they had. I don't remember them ever broaching sex ed. Um, and the reason—the reason, the reason was, I was always, it
0: really a thing for us though. I think I had one lesson.
1: Well, we never did. We just had a muttered warning about the janitor.
0: Well, I—I I remember very. I remember this very, very, very clearly because it was so weird. I remember the girls having a lesson, right? And we had quite a forward-thinking teacher, I I would argue, um, who was responsible for looking after the boys whilst the girls were off basically putting condoms on a banana. And we were just like, look, this is is unfair. Like, why are we sat here doing fucking work and they're pissing about with bananas? So... (laughs) We had an impromptu sex education lesson. And I won't mention this teacher's name because this was probably a sackable offense, I would say. Um, But she literally just went, well, all right, then let's do it. Ask. And it was the weirdest fucking hour of my life. Like so fucking weird. Um, And we still never got to put condoms on bananas. But which, which I would argue was more beneficial for us.
1: Yeah. I'd agree with that. I mean, we didn't even have that. We literally just had a 10-minute conversation whereby we were told not to be alone with the caretaker. That was it. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, if ever ever a teacher sends you off to get, like, fucking, no, any sort of fucking cleaning product or somebody spilled something, go in pairs. That was it.
0: Well, you're definitely not mentioning your caretaker's name then. (laughs) I (laughs) said,
1: that's fine.
0: Jesus Christ.
1: Um, He was about 70 at the time. But, uh,
0: but yeah, I mean, it, but this is a weird thing about it. Like, yeah, I never remember them broaching sex education on an episode. They might have um,
1: yeah, because they, they certainly did um, pregnancy storylines.
0: Well, but this is what I was about to say. whilst they might not have broached it as a thing, um, it was acting as that as such, because, yeah, they were they were teenage pregnancy storylines. Yeah, there, there was HIV. There was so they were dealing with all of these issues. So it's so in a way it kind of rightly or wrongly was a form of it and again bbc's core values yeah. it was a form of education there for us yeah. um so yeah it, it did broach that i mean it, you know there were a lot of elements of school life that it didn't broach but it had to pick and choose stuff didn't it It went for the big stuff you know it went for the smoking it went for the sex education it went later on it went for inclusion and anti-bullying and stuff like that but it was never like gambling playing fucking pitch and toss around the corner of the tuck shop was it or fucking stealing shit from the tuck shop or you know it was never never the actual minutiae of school like like you like you said about bunking like it did cover bunking but uh, you know it was it would never cover bunking to the extent of bunking off to go and steal records from walrus i never did that
1: ever <laughs> you know
0: it was it, it would never go into that level
1: of detail. Um, I remember when I was in year, oh, Christ, my second year of secondary school, so year eight, I think it is now, and I remember that the kids who used to smoke, um, they used to they used to use um, football stickers as currency.
0: Because so stickers they, are great. We've had well, that's like, on the network before. you'd be
1: like, right, okay, well, I need four shinies and a Peter Beardsley. I was like, oh, yeah, I've got that. I need money for fags. So there you go. Happy days. Yeah.
0: I mean, there comes a point then where you start referring to those in terms of what they're worth, like that, do yeah. <laughs> Like a like a Chinese two fags, you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> like,
1: two fags in a bar, so no, way. Yeah. <laughs> Never done Caretaker
0: that. again. You learn too much from the caretaker.
1: Uh, <laughs> anyway.
0: Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. I, I don't. I don't have too much more to say about it, really. As I say, this is more of a. This is such a long-running show. Like there is no way, um, like when I said, yeah, of course we've got to do this. When I actually sat down and started thinking about how we were going to attack this in terms of conversation, I started to think, oh fuck, how do we talk about 30 years of history in a show? Like how do we go into this show to the level of detail that we do with some of the animated shows that we do, where we'll look at the voice cast and we'll look at you know where it's come from and its origin and what the merchandising was. It's like, this ran for 30 years. The cast was massive. The crew was massive. They've all gone on to bigger and better things. The storylines were innumerable. Yeah. Um, it's, you have to look at this more as a, as a whole product and and more of, the, I think it, it does, probably more than most shows that we talk about, the effect that it's had on us as a society, yeah. certainly in Britain um it, it is something that for a 30 year span of life was was a formative part of childhood like okay. we all we all knew it we all watched it like like biker grove for instance you could probably go a 50 50 split there some people yeah. watched it some people didn't right yeah, like, it, it
1: was what did that do six seven years, years
0: something like that i mean i i did watch it for all i just said i can't remember which one's pj which one's duncan i did fucking watch it uh it wasn't as good as this but i did watch it probably not as good because i have to have the subtitles on um <laughs> yeah, it is I... it is the formation of it like you talk to anybody between the ages of about 30 and 40 in britain and ask them to do a newcastle accent they will all and i'm not going to do it the first words out of their mouth will be biker grove. I guarantee it. That is the that is the go to. For
1: Followed by the my road. eye, man, and my eyes, my eyes, I'm blind man. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Like
1: so but yeah,
0: so that that had a, a, an impact as well. But yeah. Nowhere near the level that this did, and that's why it's on Britbox now. Like, I I can't believe like obviously Britbox needs new subscribers, just like Netflix does. Um, but I can't believe this isn't still on and still being rerun, at least, because there is still value in this school today is just the same as school 30 years ago. Where everything just looks different, and kids have phones now, like there'll be new
1: issues and stuff like that. I mean, there's as I say, you'll still have the same issues. You'll still have bullying, except now it'd be fucking cyberbullying. Yes. And you'll, you'll still have the poverty aspect where, you know, being glib about it, but some fuck will have a four-year-old phone and it doesn't do all the stuff for all their friends do. it does. And you'll know, you have issues like that. So the, the issues are universal. The issues are the same. It's just they've they've been upgraded, same as the rest. Yes,
0: yeah, yeah. and all those are like straight off those two storylines straight away. You know, like bullying was covered loads of times in Grange Hill. Yeah. I'm sure we don't have to, but yeah. like the new phone thing, I specifically remember there being you know episodes where someone didn't have the newest fucking trainers. For instance, those, those things are there. They're in this show and they're always relatable and they'll continue to be relatable. So why it's not still running, I don't know. I'd certainly fucking watch it if it was on TV now and I had nothing else to do. And I knew this was on somewhere. I'd sit yeah. down and watch half hour of this, no fucking yeah. problem. And I, I mean, I I, think I I don't know why they, it hasn't been revived.
1: Like they, ca- they kind of went to a point where they just sort of said it's run its course. And um, they got to the end of this sort of the, oh, the third years, and they, they, I think they, they felt there wasn't absolute appetite for it. The last episode, um, over half a million people watched it. So you know, t- t- tell me there's no appetite for it, yeah. You know?
0: Yeah, and I bet you it made more sense than the last episode of Biker Grove. We'll talk about that when we do Biker Grove. But for I those don't that don't remember Biker Grove. Oh man. Right. For those of you that don't know, look up the final episode of Biker Grove. I'll leave that little nugget for you, but I won't spoil it. Um it's, you have you never do you not know about this? Seriously. I,
1: I probably probably would have seen it. I can't remember right I, everybody everybody I
0: homework for you before we do the bike at grove episode go and watch that last
1: i'll put, I'll put it on and go oh yeah i remember that but I, it's it's not jump it's not springing to mind
0: then you haven't seen it because it's difficult to forget think right. think the end of dallas difficult to forget it's that fucking ludicrous oh, okay. um yeah uh, it's i mean nobody comes out of a shower or anything but it's it's
1: yeah you can it's, like a kid's show.
0: it's even more mental than that it's fucking mental right. um but you know it's that thing of how do you end a soap opera and i didn't see the last episode of grange hill but i would imagine it was relatively open-ended so yeah what, like you, you just restart it it's it's a fucking soap opera you just restart it and yeah it, there's bound to be an appetite for this and especially like how many fucking channels do we have now like, you can find a home for this on one of them, even if it's not a half-hour show, even if it's 10-minute fucking segments on BBC3. Is BBC3 even still a thing? It's not, is it?
1: No, it's online now. But I remember, yeah. it's funny you mentioned BBC3. I remember I went to um, a talk with Jennifer Saunders back when I was in uni, so fucking million and one years ago, um, and, and BBC3 had just launched. BBC3 and BBC4 had just launched, and so that dates me quite well. Um And she was saying that how it was a great opportunity for new writers, new producers, new production companies, new talent to get themselves out out there. Because all of a sudden, BBC had these two new channels that needed filling. And instead of embracing that, the BBC went, oh, yeah, we'll just put them on between like seven o'clock at night and and, like midnight, four days a week, and that'll be it. And actually, actually what they could do, I said, right, okay, well, let's invest a bit more money and we'll bring in more viewers and we'll bring in more money. Mm. Yeah. And they didn't do it. And instead, they, they, they spunked a whole lot of money on things like American Dad, which didn't get the audience share. Because, I mean, that took a hell of a long time to really take off over here. And that, now it's on ITV2 every day. Yeah. And they've had, like, fucking 15 years of it. But at the time, you know, they spent an awful lot of money on it, and Family Guy, and then they kind of went on hiatus. They got cancelled and brought back, and cancelled brought back. They spent a hell of a lot of money and didn't get the audience share out of it. Whereas, actually, if they'd, put, if they'd said, right, okay, Again, Phil Redman did it with Hollyoaks. He did the, 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 the Hollyoaks After Dark. After
0: Dark, Where yeah. yeah. Can,
1: okay, it ties into the main story, but actually it's a bit more adult-oriented. Mm. But these are still things that you know, kids and our, our demographic will experience. I mean, I know with the Hollyoaks when they had um, uh, a guy got raped, and yeah. that was a massive storyline, and that went on for a couple of years. But no, this is something that, you know, when, when you when you talk of rape, especially when you talk in terms of film and television, mm. it's, always, it's always men raping women. Mm. Men raping girls, and actually, there's there's an you know, there's a whole thing that never gets covered. There was one last week or the week before up in Yorkshire, where a guy was out for a run, and he got tackled by two blokes who raped who raped him. Mm. But you know, that is generally not reported. It's generally not talked about, and, and there's a, there's a stigma around it, which is actually, a woman gets raped, you know, then then, then she, she's a victim. Of a bloke gets raped, then he should have manned up and fought him off.
0: Tactics, Max and Lindy. Let's not go yeah. down that fucking but, rabbit but, but hole.
1: I mean, uh, and, but put I mean, there's. There was that was something they explored in in those After Dark shows, Mm. but you you can't tell me. And with the whole the the admin of me too a couple of years ago, no men and boys are victims of sexual assault just as not as much. Absolutely, are are just as as vulnerable. But it doesn't get told. But there are opportunities to 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 really go through this stuff and and make a make a social difference. And that's why I don't understand that when they said that they they felt that grey child had run its course and there wasn't after for it anymore. I really don't understand that. No, I, I, I think
0: there'll always be an appetite for Grange Hill, or if not Grange Hill, or something well, I mean, we, we know there is, because, yeah, okay, there's not a British one that I know of at the moment, but, like, this is 90% of the fucking Disney Channel's output is yeah. fucking shows set in high schools. Yeah, and like,
1: I know, I know overcoming is, challenges in everyday yeah, life. Yes, there, okay, they're more exaggerated in the Disney shows, but they're everyday problems.
0: Yeah, and again, there's always a fucking element to it. They're in a band, or they're witches, or they are fucking whatever.
1: Yeah, but like, again, it comes back to what we're saying about the the YA genre is that it can be anything. Yeah, the themes are the themes, and they will always be the themes.
0: And, and and that's the thing, like you know, when you're talking about a show with a fucking 30 year run, like there'll be stuff from season one that if you relaunch the show today, you just rewrite that. Yeah. You just Have a new characters go right. We're doing this again, but now, yeah, the bullying's on phones now. Yeah. Yeah, Or or this time a guy is getting raped or, you know, whatever it is like, you know, that voice is going to change because the writer's going to change. And actually, maybe this standpoint is different as well. But you can re-explore that theme because you have a new set of characters and time has moved on. Yeah. So why not do that? Like, why is there not a Grange Hill? I feel like today's generation is missing out.
1: Like, yeah but then again is
0: this there, there something we just don't know about it
1: i i, I don't do, know i don't know but i mean again i think we, like, we've talked about this before like the, the i think the with, with today's generation the appetite isn't necessarily there for a i wouldn't call this a long-form drama but no, anything more than about five minutes and it doesn't get watched now yeah, so yeah. can you do can you do the work that you need to do in five six minutes uh the answer is probably no
0: yeah maybe you're right maybe you're right um but maybe you, like I said, maybe you launch it in 10, 15 segments on fucking YouTube now.
1: Yeah, maybe you know,
0: like there's there's ways around this, and then
1: you get your ad money as well.
0: Exactly. So and then Netflix picks you up, like they did with Cobra Kai, and then again, which again, there you go, children overcoming an adversary. You know that that's that's that show essentially. Like yes, okay, it's also about toxic masculinity and and adults being essentially big children as well. Yeah. But there's all those themes, once again, just packaged you through the lens of karate this time, yeah. where, again, you can punch things in the face.
1: Yeah, no to so, me harm. That's why my nose looks like this.
0: <laughs> so,
1: yeah, I, for, for me, I,
0: I I don't think I was surprised by re-watching this. I think I was just, I don't know, maybe, I don't know. I, I, was, I was conflicted coming to it, because I was expecting us to have not very much to talk about. This evening because I was like, well it's Grange Hill. You just talk about the fact that it's fucking Grange Hill in it and talk around yeah. the issue. And well, here that, we are, now we're forty in.
1: Yeah, I know. mean that was my thing. I, I, I remember thinking not long before we started that like, this is gonna go one or two ways. This is gonna be a fucking epic. Mm. Or we're gonna be done in twenty minutes and I'll be going back out back to work. You know, yeah. it's uh, so it was gonna be one of those. And I, I really wasn't sure. I mean I I didn't get a chance to watch any nuances. I'm I'm familiar enough, I remember my my particular era well enough I, I I could draw back on it but yeah i mean i i'm not surprised that it still stands up because uh, when i was watching it they'd have been repeating storylines from when you know, when it first started and the stuff i saw at the weekends when they you know they were having their um their, some sort of their their repeats i, I there's enough of those i think yeah okay no that still stands 10 years later and now here we are 25 years later fuck um no that's a lot of those, I can still see them standing up now. You, know, you still have a lot of those problems. You still have drugs, you still have poverty, you still have crime, you still have gangs, uh, you still have sexual assault. And you know, as I say, it would be a different lens, but the issues are still the same. Yeah, So absolutely. I, don't, no, I think that, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not going to be sticking this on in front of the kids tomorrow and saying watch that for the next 30 years, because that will scar them for life. Um, but, you know, it's it's certainly something that I know I wouldn't have... A problem not you know were they, were they a little older and in that sub sort of target demographic and you look at the demographic being sort of the school years. Yeah. So, so same as like, with Harry Potter, know they start at eleven, they finish at 18, and that's kind of the bit you're supposed to be looking at, unless you're 40 and reading them for the fifth the fifth or sixth time. Um but you know so that's kind of how you look at it. If if I had kids of that age, I'd be quite happy to what be watching that because actually, yes, okay, it looked they dated now and you know the the voice will be different. The, some, some of the, the on-screen stuff will be different. But the themes are, are going to be around forever. That's never going to change as long as there are schools. You will always have cliques. You will always have bullies. You will always have some form of addiction, be it smoking or alcohol or drugs or football stickers. Wherever it's going to be, there's always going to be something. And yeah, you can carry these things through until the end of fucking time. Yeah, absolutely. Like, so in summation,
0: we want more Grange Hill is what yeah. we're saying. So, well,
1: we've we did, we nearly finished Game of
0: Thrones. Maybe we'll just go and write a pilot. Yeah, um, yeah, we'll, we'll have to watch copyright issues. Call it like Brange or something. I yeah, know. yeah, yeah. But the Answers on a postcard. for What we should call it, please? Because <laughs> Brange Hill, like, what the fuck have I been smoking tonight? <laughs> that's I, that's I, I've not been my drinking for two hours moment, hours we uh, Yeah, I'm stone cold sober. So <laughs> that's,
1: <laughs> that's probably what it is. That's what it delicious.
0: is. Yeah, I should know better than to try and write yeah. when I'm sober. Yeah,
1: uh, so, that will do it um But yeah, I, I think that I mean it's something that I'm I'm quite interested to go back and look at. I'm not going to have time to to watch as much as I probably need to, but um knowing that it's, you know, knowing it's on BritBox and it's available, readily available, that's that's going to help. um But yeah, it's it's one of those that I can. I mean, I'm disappointed I didn't get to watch any any of it this time out. I'm disappointed I actually didn't make more of it. They didn't carry on longer than they did. But then they still had a thirty-year run, which is more than most shows get. I think it's only The Simpsons and Monday Night Raw have actually gone. Actually, Raw hasn't even done that. Yet. Raw's only twenty-eight. So,
0: yeah, I mean, thirty years is a fucking impressive run. In any but I mean, yeah,
1: that's there's a, a G- saying: I mean,
0: we want more. Like a thirty-year run is yeah, is fucking yeah. phenomenal. Mean, that's,
1: that's like twenty-five years more than most shows get.
0: And for a and for a kids show at that.
1: You know, whether... whether I mean, I know you've got, like, Blue Peter, which is still going, but it's now horseshit. but... um,
0: Blue Peter's the most boring fucking show in existence, though, isn't it? It's
1: a magazine show for people who can't actually watch proper magazine shows.
0: It's so fucking twee and Um, boring, and, one day we'll do that At least it used
1: to have Katie Hill. Yeah, exactly. At least they had Katie Hill in our day, but, I mean, we happened to flick upon it on the weekend Um, that kids were watching something and that finished, and Blue Peter came on on Sunday. And they're in some fucking warehouse looking type place with all exposed brickwork and shit and it's all flashy lights. And it's like, what the fuck is this? this isn't this isn't Blue Peter? And no, it's all fucking twirling. You no, know, it's a bit like remember the camera work on TGI Friday. Yeah. TFI Friday with all fucking swirling around and they're rolling the cameras over. It's like that, except it's eight o'clock in the fucking Sunday morning.
0: Fuck that.
1: Yeah. Um, so yeah. But I mean, so that I mean that's been around for a million years as well. But I'm not that concerned. No, the kids would never want to watch that. But this, I'd be no, I'd be quite happy for them to watch if they're a bit older. Um, so yeah, it's it's one of those. I'm f- just in reading about it and reading back on the storylines and the bit I was watching. I want, yeah, I want to watch that. I think I want to go back to that. And that was something I wasn't expecting. I came on, I came into this expecting us to struggle to get sort of an hour out of this.
0: Yeah, yeah, me too. I, like I said, I was totally just taken aback by how much I, how much I remembered, how much I enjoyed it and how big an effect it's clearly had on me Mm. that I didn't even fucking realize. Um, and and I'm, and I'm sure there are many, many people out there who are just like me in that respect that, you know, if if you actually, if somebody put an episode of Grange Hill in front of them now, they'd go, fuck me. I remember this Yeah. because it it somehow it's just wormed its way into my brain. Um, So, yeah, yeah, I, I've enjoyed it and I I'd like to say I want to see more, but unfortunately we will be on to the next thing.
1: Yeah. Um whatever so. that is. I haven't got a schedule in front of me at the moment. Um but yeah, I mean I would love to hear people's thoughts on this. I mean, especially people our age, um, because I mean the, the, this is something that as every generation has their will will have their iteration and their their sort of set time period. Um but yeah, would love to know what people think. Um thanks to Thomas for reaching out with this one. It's been a a real pleasant surprise. Mm-hmm. um getting to look at this again um but in, in in that vein i mean if you have other shows you'd like us to look at as well i mean there may be ones that are already on our list um they may not be but we're happy to look at those as well um but yeah reach out get in touch with us um you can go through our website ddpodcast.net we can also get our previous shows and our other shows as well um on facebook and youtube at the devil on podcast network on twitter at smpd pod uh, so yeah get in touch with us that way any comments at all any anything you've got any recommendations Remember your podcast from uh, the iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Amazon Music, like, share, subscribe. Again, leave a message we give back to you as best we can. But until next time. See you later.